What's up and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, July 29th, 2021. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the one and only Janet Garcia. Hey, what's up? This is the first time we're doing the show where I'm hosting and you're in the, the other's chair. I'm, I'm happy about this. I'm excited. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, some not fun stuff to talk about. But hey, that's Kind of Funny Games Daily, right? Always. A little Always. bit, mostly. Yes, exactly. Uh, today, we're talking about the PS5 beta updates, Halo Infinite technical preview details, and more absolute trash coming out of Activision Blizzard because this is Kinda Funny Games Daily where each and every weekday we get together live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames uh, to go through all the video game news that you need to know. If you want to watch it later, you can go to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or roosterteeth.com if you want to get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we'll be right there for you uh, if you want to get the show ad free and if you want to get the show with the exclusive post show you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like our patreon producers donovan harkness and blackjack have done very very cool stuff we appreciate you very much um let's see what else i got to get through here some housekeeping for you there's a new games cast up we had raven simone aka bob dunga she's fantastic some of my favorite youtube content of the last couple of years has come out of her channel and uh we were lucky enough to have her come on games cast talk about some lost games media really cool stuff she uncovered a mean girls game that was never released on the ds and it's a crazy story that you should definitely check out um and then also going live today was the kind of funny podcast with gerard the completionist another one of my favorite content creators of all time and also just one of the best dudes i have ever met in my entire life he is an absolute sweetheart and made great content with us yesterday where we talked about how many people are in space right now janet how many people would you think are in space right now 37 kevin way off way off. can you do it like can you really help high, me way higher yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on hold on kevin <laughs> no, can no, you no, please on, right I'm, now I'm, yeah go, I'm hold on, i know I'm, t- I'm just trying to t- tell the people can you please go to how many people are in space right now.com Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Because this is a website you can go to wow, at any time right? and you'll know how many people are in space. I don't know why am I, I so am many I, people were there. Am I, was it 11 yesterday? No, it was 10. Okay, God. Yeah. I thought that was you can scroll down, scroll down, Kev. We can at any moment see who's in space. So we can keep track of them, Janet. We can't lose anyone out there, okay? That's so trippy. That that's it is, right? The thing. It is. <laughs> like you can click into them. Trippy. And there he is. Wikipedia, there which is, is always accurate. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, it was a great episode. You can go check that out uh, today, right after this on twitch.tv slash core or hosted on Kind of Funny Games. Greg, Blessing, and Mike are going to be taking part in the core multiverse games. They're going to be playing a bunch of games together, competing against uh, other groups, including Brian Altano and Max Scoville. We got Austin Creed involved. We got uh, Lauren Sontag and Bruce Green, all of the homies. Uh, they're doing a bunch of stuff. Stuff and it's going to be really cool. You can check that out. And then at noon, they will be reacting to the Annapurna Interactive Showcase. Very exciting stuff all around. Today, we're brought to you by Away, Manly Bands, and Amazon Music. But we'll tell you all about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Figures doesn't. 
And I actually think it got added to six because Janet wanted to add a PSA about Playdate. Uh, the yeah. Playdate is now available for pre-order right now. <laughs> Kev, if you could bring so up the, the Twitter, we can yeah, look, at, look at some pictures. Uh, Janet wanted to to give the pitch because Kevin Kevin out here talking a lot of shit about this here Playdate. It's play date. dumb. Let's agree that it's dumb. It's a novelty that like in two years, only the hipsters of hipster kids will be playing this. But there's a lot of those out there, Kevin. There might not be. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I didn't say uh, there'd be a few after people. Nintendo sold that Game & Watch. And I know, like, Playdate and Panic is not Nintendo. But it, it, the Game & Watch had, like, what, one or, like, two actual games. And then there was Ball, which was, like, did I play Ball? Yeah, I balled it up. Who didn't? Who didn't? <laughs> I did I did that's game. for sure. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's what you do. Um, But the Playdate, I like it as, you know, an indie player in the space. I love indie games. I think... The crank is great. People are in the chat. I want to crank my Game Boy. Yeah, just crank, crank it up. Crank it I out. The Wind crank it up. is great. Like, it's such a, like, silly gimmick, you guys. Uh, silly, yeah, silly. It's, it's interesting. And I think I, it, like, the thing, I, think I guarantee you, cool. Gary Widdett plays this for a week. Total. No way. No way. That's way well, One thing is, it, it kind of minutes. does... It is set up to keep keep you coming back though because the way they're doing it is once you buy it you have the games like you're not going to have to at least purchase games for season one season one is 12 weeks they're rolling out two games a oh week oh my god so, will you fall seasons? off maybe and either season season one 24 games uh a bunch of different genres you can see the games and the developers already so i do think it can become this weird interesting little indie book club type vibe and yeah is it for you know a mass audience absolutely not but they're here making a thing that they think is cool the people who think it's cool will go and pre-order it and buy it and you know what does the future hold of it or will it have like longevity that you know kind of remains to be seen but i think it's a really fun idea and they're out here and they're doing it and i'm here for it uh, Big Bad Beluga in the chat says, my play date is locked, motherfucker. So you can go get them right now. Uh, Pre-orders will not sell out. The first batch of 20,000, of about 20,000 play dates will ship in late 2021 and then additional orders in 2022. Um, they're going to adjust 2022 production based on demand. So they're doing this kind of right. There's a, a limit of two units per person uh, if they're they're trying to get this. So, hey, you know, in a world that has seen a lot of releases uh, that have been utter disasters, granted this one, a lot less of an audience trying to buy it all at the same time, but yeah, uh, still, I, real, I'm impressed with uh, what they're doing here. So, real, shout out to Playdate. Obvious way to be like, yeah, we sold an amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's Kevin Coelho for you. Uh, but let's move on to story number two. PS5 system update beta adds 3D audio for TV speakers, trophy tracking, and more. This comes from Jared Moore. At IGN, uh, Sony's newly released PlayStation 5 system software update for beta users has added 3D audio for TV speakers, uh, which is something that they've been talking about uh, that they were going to add for a while. So I'm excited to see how this actually plays out, as well as trophy tracking and a whole host of other features. The update adds support for 3D audio from TV speakers previously only available through headphones. This feature can be enabled in the audio output settings under sound in the settings menu. The system can be optimized for your TV by measuring the acoustics of your room through the microphone in the DualSense controller. How effective this will be in practice remains to be seen, but regardless, it sounds like a welcome addition. Another notable feature added in the update beta is a new trophy tracker. 
This allows players to track up to five trophies per game in the control center. This is awesome. Uh, tracking a trophy is seemingly an easy task. All you need to do is locate the trophy in question. Click start tracking. Sony also says the new trophy tracking will be accessible during gameplay through a new pin to side option, which allows players to see information about the trophies they're tracking without having to jump back to the menus. Uh, just stop in there for a second, Janet. I know you are a big game help person. Is this getting you excited at all? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely probably the, still the most enticing part of what you've read so far is the trophy tracking, just because I constantly was toggling back and forth or at one point, like I was going for the overcooked um, platinum, the all you can eat platinum, which is really rough because you have to do a bunch of stuff across both the games and the DLC. And we were just writing down the details on a post-it note because we didn't want to have to like go back in. And it kind of feels like, all right, maybe maybe this should be baked in a little bit better. Um, so being able to like actually feel like you can utilize that sort of oh god forever the technical name of it was the control panel the control center, center um of the whole situation because a lot of times you open it up and it kind of feels like they're just random cards that are related to what you're doing but maybe not what you're most interested in focusing on at any given time so i think the ability to give more control for that is really appealing and then you know non-game help or trophy related uh, i'm excited about the 3d audio thing just because i feel like i was sort of missing out because i don't play with headphones on like almost ever like i only have headphones if i'm like at a desk and i'm streaming or something otherwise i, I have headphones off when i play almost all my games so it's kind of like i'm missing one of the tenants of this like new platform so it's nice to finally kind of be able to take advantage of that with how i normally naturally play yeah yeah the 3d audio you know as somebody that is a, a tech enthusiast and audio video enthusiast for sure I, I i've been very impressed with the the quality of these kind of new technologies that are coming out that are kind of like acoustically figuring out the rooms from microphones and stuff uh whether it's like the dolby atmos upfiring speakers that kevin and i talk about a lot or things like this it is nowhere near going to be the experience you get in your headphones or if you have a nice actual speaker setup so that's the one thing that i'm like i wonder how quality this is going to be and actually if it's even going to enhance the experience or if it's just going to be kind of annoying and, and kind of feel off because sometimes when you start doing 3d audio in a in an actual room space that's not correctly treated for it things start sounding like they're in the wrong place and it kind of begins to feel unnerving to to you so yeah hopefully that's not the case here and I have like a really I'm curious as to how this is going to work if I try to do it in my living room because we have like an open concept layout where the living room and the kitchen area is connected. Like it just kind of there's no doors. Dude, for that's going to be a disaster. Stuff. It's going to. Yeah, wait, it's, it ain't like, going to work for you. For that to, to go wrong. It's like when I did um totally unrelated, but I did like Mario Kart home circuit in my apartment when I was doing the review and like going through like, even though I told you not to, I'm like, let me see how far I can take it like through the wall in the hallway and it the lines just go all over the place but i think that's kind of what's exciting about the technology too though like seeing what are the limitations and what's the best way to utilize it um it reminds me of when you know wireless controllers first became like a mainstream thing and i had like the wave bird for the gamecube and i'd just go further and further into the hallway of my room and i'm like what how exactly far can i can i push Limits. this i think you yeah like with the with the advancements like will i notice that it's better or will i like think that i need to feel it's better and i'll be like wow it's really I mean, it's what really I what I do up. think it might do is 
convince people they're missing out on something and get them to try the headphones and that will wow them and like i understand not wanting to always use headphones but like for certain games especially when the they're like playstation 5 games that really take advantage of it or on the xbox side they do have the dolby atmos uh headphone setup systems and like it is it is transformative man it is like such a real next gen experience and like playing returnal with it like that was incredible so cool that they're, they're pushing this and i hope that it uh it, it works better than i expect it to but i'm i'm excited that they're at least putting uh effort into it outside of gameplay sony has changed the way that players will view the list of trophies attached to a specific game kind of funny best friends out there you can rejoice uh whereas previously trophies would show in a horizontal list scrolling left to right you will now be able to view these vertically much like it was on playstation 4 i know greg miller is going to be extremely extremely excited about this uh this slight but welcome change will allow fans to see more information about each trophy without manually selecting it. Changes have also occurred on the system home screen. Once logging on, beta users will notice that different platform versions of the same game will now appear separately on the home screen. That is another thing that is awesome. Such a dumb little thing, but it's going to make the hopefully more and more rare times that you need to upload your PS4 save to a PS5 just a little more clear. So hopefully I won't fuck it up for the sixth time. But you know what? I'm kind of an idiot, so I probably will anyways. Um, the tweak, which makes spotting specific versions of the game that little bit easier will now indicate to users which version they're starting up such as ps4 or ps5 uh this change also applies in the your collection section of the game library the ps5 library also has seen a slight overhaul when accessing the library players will now notice that the installed tab is now the first tab that features upon launch which makes sense users ac accessing the game base will notice some changes there too uh you can now access party text chats manage multiple friend requests and send messages from the game base control menu in the control center while party owners now have the option to delete parties from the game base control menu doing so will delete the party for all members sounds like they're making just a lot of like the small little tweaks that like you know, best laid plans, you make these UI, you're like, oh, this is going to work. But then when people are actually using it, you're like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. People are complaining here. This broke that. So those type of little fixes that just you don't really notice in the moment. But a couple years down the line, when we see what the PS5 looks like, we're going to be like, oh, wow, this actually is great. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Like, it's going to be and I wish I had it. I kind of wish I had documented this better because um, maybe PS6 I'll try to get together. But I think it is really interesting how much it changes over time. And, you know, even just thinking about like comparing from generation to generation, there'll be things that you know, we'll ask for all the PS5 and people be like, oh, they've had that since like this one console, but then they like took it out and they maybe brought it back or whatever. So I think the iterations are like really interesting. And I'm excited to see like when, it, when we get to the end, like I'm curious as to how different will the PS5 experience be from that day one experience when we were like listing off all these things that we wanted from it. Like how many of those will actually come to fruition? Exactly. And uh, it's interesting you bring that up because despite continued interest from the community, one final thing worth noting is that this beta has not added 1440p support or variable refresh rate support. That is a major bummer. And Andy Cortez is going to be very, very sad. And this is one of those things that, you know, I think a lot of people might look at and just be like, who cares? Like this is that is such a niche thing. And I really want to make the argument that it's not. It is becoming more and more of a common thing that if you are a console gamer, there's a, a big chance you might also be a pc gamer there's a big chance you might also have a 1440p monitor that's not quite 4k so ps5 users get stuck in this weird place where they have this monitor that they love that they get to use for their pc games or if they have an xbox that as well they might watch their tv watch all their streaming platforms everything on this one monitor but because the ps4 only supports 1080 or 4k they don't 
they get stuck having to do 1080 instead of uh 1440 which is which is a bummer when it, it seems like a very simple fix for them to implement of course it would take dev time of course it would take uh implementation and, and bug testing and all that but it seems like a worthy worthy investment um out there but we'll see nothing yet and then the big story of this is uh sony has announced that the m.2 ssd support will finally be added to the playstation 5 in an upcoming system software update for beta users the news was revealed on a new PS5 support page. Sony noted that the feature is only available to beta users and that because of this features and specifications described on the page may change before the official system software release. No specific dates were given with Sony simply saying the update is upcoming. Sony also has finally offered further clarification over which M.2 SSD drives can and can't be used in conjunction with the console. As expected, it must be a PCIe Gen 4 NVMe drive, and Sony recommends a read speed of 5,500 megabytes or faster. Both single and double-sided drives are supported. It goes on with a whole bunch of specifications talking about the millimeter size of the drives and all this stuff. We're getting in some real nerd PC stuff, which, again, has been becoming a little bit more commonplace both on the console side and for general role pc users uh but it's still annoying as all shit importantly sony says m.2 drive installed says any m.2 drive installed will require a heat sink to dissipate any additional heat generated by the ssd it should be noted that many m.2 drives purchasable on the market do not come with integrated heat sinks and, and so users looking to simply plug and play should opt for one that has one built in uh al alternatively users can purchase a separate heat sink install it themselves uh m.2 ssd drives are beneficial for users hoping to increase the storage capabilities of their system the integrated storage devices can be used to download copy and launch ps5 and ps4 games as well as media apps in addition sony has said that games downloaded onto either the ps5's console storage or connected usb storage device or an M.2 SSD drive can be freely moved between each. Simple enough. Simple enough, everybody. That's how this works. <laughs> so you reading this was giving me, and I understand that like a lot of this is like basic stuff, right? I'm not pretending like it's like, oh, it's crazy complicated. But since I only like do console and I don't really pay attention to much PC stuff other than the things I literally have to know to get this setup running and that's it. Um, and I bought, I bought my PC pre-build because like I don't care about the cost because I didn't want to have to learn. Um, I've been I've been avoiding having to learn things for a long time, and that was my ethos as a console player. But you reading that was giving me vibes of like why it took me so long to get into board games because so many board games I would start would would be like that. They're like, and then you go to the you know players who land on three. Well, like that I'm like I you already I'm already gone. I'm already yeah. gone. I don't know. You have to repeat it all, <laughs> and I'm still oh, not really gonna grasp it. So yeah, the, the the complexity and the slowness of this rollout has been um really rough um as someone that just i'm continuously continuously deleting stuff for my playstation like all the time like i can't fit anything on there yeah i mean my take on this whole situation is that it is just unfortunate where we're at in terms of technology like these are just realities we have to deal with and i think that it's easy to kind of get upset or throw shade at any of them whether it's playstation or xbox or like even going back to like the psp and vita proprietary things and like weird stuff that you need to know on top of just it just works kind of kills the novelty and like the, the thing that like the magic of console gaming right but again that those days are over and i think that we just kind of need to accept that unfortunately but it's just the reality that if you care enough about games to this extent you care about next gen this is just where we're at. These things are expensive. And in order to be able to play these games in a next gen way, in the SSD way where we're getting all the benefits of that, you can't just throw any SSD in there. It can't just be any 
uh, specific one you want to just put in and have it work. It's not like it just a USB flash drive, right? Like it's not like last gen used to be. Xbox yeah. making its proprietary one, I think is really smart on their side. It's annoying for other reasons, but it's smart on their side because it makes it simpler to the console gamers out there that aren't used to this shit. They're like, okay, that thing's overpriced, but at least I know I can just buy it, plug and play. Right. Exactly. On this PlayStation side, I think they're in a, a, a more difficult situation by not, having their own dedicated PlayStation expandable memory or whatever the fuck they're going to call it. I, I think that it overcomplicates all this and really turns people off. Cause then it's just a bunch of letters and numbers and dots that I'm saying. And you're like, what the fuck is this? I think inevitably, inevitably we will see uh, either a PlayStation branded one or PlayStation partnering with uh, Seagate or Western Digital or somebody to make this a little bit more clear and understanding of like, yo, if you don't want to do any of this stuff, don't worry, just get this one. But I think they're not doing that because the prices just aren't there. This is right now a place where we're talking about hundreds of dollars for a terabyte. And that is crazy when you're talking about storage space. So I, I just think that it's just the unfortunate moment we're in, all the chip shortages, all the everything makes this like worst case scenario. But it's a necessary evil for games to be able to evolve tech-wise and to, to push the limits and to make sure that PS5 games just work, that they do run, that they do uh, load up as quick as they have been and, and, and continue to impress me when I turn the console on to play a game. Yeah. Are you going to jump on expanding your storage then as soon as possible? Or are you going to wait until like maybe they come out with something that's a little bit more, hey, it's overpriced, but there you go. You don't got to think about anything. I mean, I, I right now I'm of the mind that I would rather the annoyance of deleting things and redownloading them and all that stuff than paying the exorbitant amounts of money to get the small amounts of storage that these things are offering currently. And, yeah, I, and again, I like sure. that they have the, the offer for this, but it's just like, yeah, it's just unfortunate. It sucks because the PS5 has no storage and it has been annoying even as somebody that doesn't play that many games all the time switching between them it's still annoying and especially when you start talking about the ps4 to ps5 upgrades then you need two games downloaded at one time and it's so annoying yeah um, and you know chat mentioned that like if you have fast enough internet like you can just keep de deleting and reinstalling things um which i do have that. pretty fast internet and that's what i do but <laughs> and this is like such again i mean this it's a gaming podcast right so it's going to be like gaming type problems that aren't really that significant um at least for the most part but it's funny because the thing i don't like is having to be honest with myself all the time i don't want to have to admit that i'm not going to finish the mass Amen. effect legendary collection Amen too because i had to install uncharted 4 so it's like you know i had to make that it's like are you really going to go back and finish you know and then i share it too with like other people in my household and i'm like okay who's playing assassin's creed Valhalla still and who's just lying to themselves because i can't give you 40 50 gigs if you're not really gonna be booting this up anytime soon um but yeah like it's it's annoying to have to like have that and it i think it does I don't know. I don't like having to be grounded in that way because I like just downloading a bunch of stuff. And especially with like PS Plus and all that, like I like being able to freely download and have stuff at the ready. Nothing is more like dull as when you're in the mood to play something and you're like, nope, I got to like sit through, you know, downloads or updates or figure out what I'm going to get rid of to add in this new thing. Yeah, totally. And, and that's the thing is I stand by this technology and the M.2 SSD drives, especially these fast ones in the next gen consoles are incredible. And they really are the secret sauce to what makes next gen special from a user experience gameplay perspective. So while this is unfortunate, I honestly, I, I am just going to be patient and just wait it out and deal with the, the bullshit we have to deal with right now. Cause hopefully 
in the next year or two, we won't have to have a PS4 and PS5 version of a game to do all that stuff. And these things will be cheaper and there will be more options to be able to uh, only download parts of games and, 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 you know, kind of like make better choices to su come up with better solutions for these problems that are real problems that we that are just out there. And especially as more and more people get their hands on PlayStation 5s uh, and Series Xs over time, I, I do think that they're gonna have to come up with more solutions because more people are gonna be complaining. But right. Um, let's see. I got a just a comment here from Lucid Dream. Vertical trophy lists are coming back, baby. So hell yeah, we did it. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. Uh, moving on to the next news story. Kina Bridge of Spirits delayed until September 21st. So not that bad. The original release date was August 24th. 2021 this comes straight from the ember labs twitter uh we have made the difficult decision to delay the release of kina until september 21st to polish the game across all platforms the team has been working extremely hard and we feel the extra time is critical to ensure the best experience possible we know many of you are eager to play and we appreciate your patience as the team continues to work on delivering the best version of kina thank you for your amazing support Take the time they need, you know, like, Take I mean, the, the, the delays are just what it is. Like, I, I we have this conversation every time delays come up pretty much. Um, it's like, all right, well, they need more time. They're taking more time. Hopefully the game's good when it comes out. Hopefully they actually are, you know, do it doing what they say in terms of, you know, prioritizing like the, the team's health and their workload and all that, because like we also while we know that delays can help with crunch. We also know that it's not an automatic. Oh, wow. They're really looking out for, you know, their employees like not again, not to say that they're not. But um, I, I feel like it's kind of at this point a neutral announcement. Um, I think the only time it's kind of a little bit concerning is when it's multiple times and more so from a place of just not knowing if you can trust whatever date a studio puts out. But in this case, you know, it's pretty small. I think this I believe this is their first delay. I feel like maybe I'm not right in that. But um, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to this game and hopefully uh, it's it's good when it comes out. If I remember correctly, it was supposed to be a launch game and then got pushed. Date? I mean, I guess that's still kind of a little bit of a it's, it's weird. Do you count like a window push as a delay? Well, yeah. Delay, I mean, delay is weird because it's like until there's an actual release date, it's not officially getting delayed. But I mean, that's not true. If they put a date or time on it, they, that's still they a date or time. If you say it's coming in 2022 and doesn't come till 2023, it, it's yeah. delayed. So, yeah, uh, yeah but uh, I'm pretty sure, chat, let me know about this. I, I remember this being announced as a launch game for PS5, but I, I totally could be off about that. Um, either way, this is sad news a little bit but i honestly it's it's a month it's one month delayed we can wait this game looks awesome very exciting stuff and when you really look at the industry right now just expect this more we just keep saying this but anything can change and we just kind of have to get used to that we're living in a world where halo infinite is coming out and we still don't even it's coming out this year supposedly and we still don't even have a date <laughs> but they're talking about it they're so committed to it i'm like man that would have never happened in the past so we're just living in a different era right now uh, moving on to story number four, the Ascent reviews are in. 
and they're not as high as I thought they were going to be. I'm going to be honest here. Uh, currently, it's at a 64 on Metacritic. I got a couple little excerpts here. From IGN, it got a 7 out of 10. The Ascent satisfying guntastic action RPG gameplay loop mixes with its beautiful cyberpunk aesthetic to create an overall enjoyable experience. Neither its story nor its characters are all that memorable, and its enemy encounters can stumble toward the end. But its gameplay and ultraviolence in a neon-soaked world combine to craft a co-op-friendly game you don't see every day. Uh, got a 6 from GameSpot. Even if the Ascent was fully functional and balanced in a way where building up a character to become the ultimate indent warrior felt great, there's the fact that so much of the game is designed to feel like servitude. As you climb the superstructure housing all of the veils, you serve a progression of masters, and the payoff for the game's central mystery, where did the mysterious group running veils suddenly run off to, isn't nearly enough to offset the hopeless grind. Your bosses insult you when you go on your task, ignore you when you've done well, and provide no rewards for success. So much for the playtime, the Ascent feels like... Oh, for so much of the playtime, the ascent feels like an uphill battle. And finally, Games Radar gave it a 50 out of 100. While the Ascent is a true visual showcase for the Xbox Series X, it lacks depth and clarity. There's a fun game in here, but it's ultimately overburdened. So, a little unfortunate. Again, it's on Game Pass, so you can give it a shot. Uh, exactly. Paris, the, it's Paris gonna be it's gonna be ready, so it's already there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so there you go um and uh in the chat uh challenge accepted saying skill up reviewed it very highly so people are enjoying enjoying it so take that for what you will uh but while you do that before we move on to our next story i want to tell you about our sponsors actually maybe now or maybe later Really depends on when Kevin's ready to, to hit it. This episode is brought to you by Away. Away is a modern lifestyle brand that creates thoughtful products for every traveler and every kind of trip. They started with the perfect suitcase, crafted with features that make travel more seamless. And now when travel looks more different than ever before, you can count on Away's range of suitcases, bags, and accessories whenever you take that next trip. Here at Kind of Funny, we travel a lot. So every little thing that can make that experience better and easier, we're gonna look for. And Away has done that tenfold. Every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that is super, super handy, and a TSA-approved combination lock can keep all of your belongings safe. There's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes, so if you don't like it, you can return it, no questions asked. Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash kfgd. That's awaytravel.com slash kfgd. Next up, shout out to Amazon Music. If you're looking for a ready lineup of binge-worthy podcasts, plus free streaming music, you have to check out Amazon Music. Amazon Music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, including this show and all of Kind of Funny's other podcasts. You can go check out and review. It's fantastic stuff. No matter what you're listening to, you can even go hands-free with Alexa. You can get the app and enjoy free listening anywhere on all your favorite devices. There's no credit card or subscription required. Uh, Amazon Music isn't just for listening to podcasts. They have thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. If you've never tried Amazon Music, what are you waiting for? You're going to love it as much as I do and as much as my bro, Cool Greg, does. Start listening for free today. Head over to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to stream thousands of music stations and over 10 million podcast episodes for free. Amazon.com slash 
KFGD. And finally, shout out to Manly Bands. Guys, for the better part of their lives, our better halves have been fantasizing about the perfect wedding ring. For us, not so much. And jewelry stores clearly think the same thing. Uh, Manly Bands is here to rescue you from an otherwise hellish band buying experience. Manly Bands offers you and your hand the freedom to look how you want it to in just about every type of earthly material imaginable and even from space. Yeah, Kevin is all about this stuff. There's some really, really, really cool ones. Uh, one of my really good friends, Danny, actually has one of these and it's beautiful. I love the amount of color options there are, the, the amount of material options there are. Check them out. Really attractive uh, wedding bands here. To get started, order the Manly Ring Sizer for Manly Bands to ensure that your ring will fit perfectly during work and play. While there might be a 50% chance that your marriage working out, damn, there's a 100% chance that you're going to love your band. It's dark, but hey, stats are stats. To order your Manly Band and get 21% off plus a free silicone ring, go to manlybands.com slash KFGD. That's manlybands.com slash KFGD for 21% off. Manly Bands, the best damn rings, period. What's up? And we're back, everybody. No technical issues at all. Just what you love to see from Kind of Funny. Let's get right into things. Speaking of technical issues, uh, story number five, Halo technical preview details uh, are here. This comes from HaloWaypoint.com. Yesterday, they did this whole video presentation going through all of the details of what we can expect from this weekend's technical preview for Halo Infinite. Uh, it's just around the corner. It's a moment we've been building up to for quite some time, and we're thrilled that so many of you are excited to dive in and check out what they've been hard at work on. Bearing in mind that the upcoming tech preview is truly a work in progress test, we want to make sure that you have all the information on hand so you know when and what you are playing, where to deliver feedback, and everything in between. As a reminder, while our plan is to get as many people into the tech preview as we possibly can, not every single Halo insider, insider will receive an invite. If you don't get in this time around, don't despair. We'll still need to grow the scale of these tests in time on the road to launch, so opportunities are far from over. Uh, some cool notes here. If you're a content creator, streamer, or player who wants to share gameplay footage of the tech preview, you absolutely can. Go nuts. Uh, check out the latest Inside Infinite, which provides a deep dive into the flighting process, goals, approach, and more. And note that while the tech preview is live, you'll always have the ability to matchmake. But if you're unsure of when to play, please join us during the following scheduled play times. Uh, today, the tech preview is officially live. Go crazy. Then Friday, July 30th, the scheduled play times are between noon and 2 p.m. Pacific and 7 and 9 Pacific, and then it's those same times on Saturday, July 31st, Sunday, August 1st, and then Monday, August 2nd, the tech preview closes at 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, the available content is the new Waypoint stuff that's just more online, but the gameplay is Bot Slayer and Weapon Drills. So you're going to be going in playing against bots for the first time in Halo. Uh, the weapon drills are this uh, cool like kind of tutorial mode that really teach you all the different weapons in Halo and like best ways to use them. They, it kind of like the uh, it's like a fun mobile game version of uh, of halo for a second where it's like you go to this shooting range with each of the different guns and they like give you one to three star ratings based on on what you do so it looked kind of cool um but we watched this yesterday live on twitch and i gotta say it was one of the most impressive video game update videos or showcases i've ever seen they really went into the nitty-gritty they explained this stuff super well it was transparent as all hell and i love that like for something that is is complicated and like i'm not a big multiplayer uh guy in general uh but i'm a big halo guy so i'm excited about this the idea of like 
tech flights and stuff like you're using words i don't even know what the hell you're talking about and they did a good job of kind of explaining it making it simple and now i understand exactly what i'm getting into this weekend um and what they expect from us this weekend which i think is really cool they really di- uh drilled down into what it is they're focusing on what is the the tech preview side of this whole thing uh but what i was most impressed with was their transparency in uh what matters to them most about halo infinite and it is kind of just getting it right and making sure the experience is fun and equal across uh, all consoles and pc no matter where you're playing it and they were transparent talking about everything you've seen so far of halo infinite has been pc we're changing that today and they started showing us xbox one gameplay Mm. Not even series gameplay, Xbox One gameplay, and it looked awesome. And then later they showed Xbox One X gameplay, and like I just really think that in a post-cyberpunk world, it's really, really cool that they just they decided to do that. They're just like, no, look, like Halo Infinite isn't just a next-gen game. It is a, a, an Xbox game that you can play anywhere, like their whole thing, and this is how it's going to look. This is how it's going to play. So shout-outs to them. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, hearing you, like, describe all this and, like, their plans and, like, how they're rolling it out and everything, and it sounds like they're taking a great approach, but, and obviously we've seen them, like, seem really receptive to feedback and, and taking the time they need, but at the same time, I can't help but feel, like, a lot of stress, like, hearing about it, because I feel like there's so much writing on this release, and and getting it right is so important, like, I don't know, like, if they, if they knock it out of the park, it'll be huge, not just for the franchise, but also for, like, what setting i guess the precedent for like this is next gen xbox like this is the kind of stuff you can expect we're here we got first party we got game pass it's like if they have this it'll really i think i mean it won't be like the greatest year ever you know for microsoft or anything but i think it'll really round it out as a really strong year especially in a year that's like you know kind of weak in terms of big releases like this is if it if it's good it could be you know game of the year contender you know assuming that it comes out this year um but yeah like it's it's a lot of pressure you know i think um as someone that's a little bit more of an outsider to the halo franchise you know i'd love to hear your thoughts on like what like what do you think is the importance of this and like where does the franchise stand currently because from an outside perspective it feels like it's had uh, i guess like a less exciting recent history uh and then for further context i did play the first halo i played like um because i had the master chief collection when i got my xbox one so i went through like the first one and you know i like put on the grunt birthday party and you get the little like confetti with the headshots and that was pretty fun and like i i enjoyed it all right um granted i was being semi sherpa through it and kind of like you know the, the it, it was an older game i was like toggling on like the you know the remaster and like the old version and all that like it seemed fine it was cool to like go back to it but um yeah what do you think it is now and like what do you think is the importance of this release you know uh we've been talking about this a lot obviously since the announcement of halo infinite a couple years ago where yeah it, it it is very important for xbox it's very important for gaming it's extremely important for the halo franchise in particular but i do think the conversation in my mind at least has shifted uh, away from this needs to be the revolutionary this changes everything title that xbox is going to have and like the the god of war or the breath of the wild of xbox and uh i refer to this a lot but there was a reddit post on our uh, subreddit uh, a couple months ago talking about how it's going to be less god of war 2018 and more star wars the force awakens which is let's go back to what people loved so much about the originals and modernize it a bit and kind of just do it again but a little bit different but like just get it right and once i've kind of shifted my mindset to be looking forward to that and then really seeing like that was before e3 happened and when e3 happened and seeing the way that they showed this game off the focus on the multiplayer and real that trailer is one of the the most perfectly 
like just pitch perfect uh, trailers they could have ever made because it wasn't about the gameplay. It was about the experiences you have with your friends playing. And that is the thing people are nostalgic for. And it looks like they're nailing that. And they're creating this sandbox game that's just going to allow people to make those moments again and make them feel modern and good in 2021, 2022, whatever it is. And I think that the key moment there is it, it being free to play. We're talking about not just Game Pass. It is free to play. If you have an Xbox, you can play Halo multiplayer, everything that they're showing. And that is going to be such a big boon for this community and for what this game can be. So what you're talking about, about like all eyes on this and like what does this mean, what I think this means is a potential shift in the industry to create an entire new um moment where we, we this kind of started with Fortnite, right of it's free to play it's this crazy game like how is the biggest game in the world free to play and then you start thinking about it, it's like well that makes sense because the monetization the battle passes blah 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 right this is one of the first times that we're getting that from a major franchise specifically a first party franchise we've seen it with warzone on the call of duty side and we've seen the success that that has found but for this to be a halo a halo game and they're just like we're going back to the basics but we're going to enhance the basics and we're going to give it to as many people as possible not only in terms of price with it being free to play but in terms of options of how people can play xbox one xbox series pc eventually x cloud all that that's what i think is going to be the real uh game changer potentially for this game but I'm really excited. Their technical preview, they knocked out of the park the way they talked about it yesterday on video. It was fully live, and I just appreciate it. They did a they did a really good job, and that is the type of transparency you love to see in the games industry. So uh, stay tuned all weekend to our Twitter, Snowbike Mike's Twitter. We don't know the plan yet because we don't really know exactly when we're going to get it and what we're going to do, but I have a feeling that uh, twitch.tv slash games is going to have a lot of fun Halo streams at times. You might not normally expect content from Kind of Funny, so check that out so then moving on to story number six this is more utter fucking bullshit and it just keeps getting worse and worse uh an update on the activision blizzard story this is inside blizzard developers infamous bill cosby suite booze sexual remarks and a giant portrait of cosby are all at the center of activision lawsuit this comes from ethan gatch at kotaku um i'm gonna say it just like all of these articles the last week Require, required reading, please go to Kotaku.com. Check this out. Um, a lot of horrifying, horrifying information in this one. Like It really does just keep getting worse, but I'm going to read it here. Since news broke last week of widespread allegations of sexual harassment and discrimination at Activision Blizzard via a legal complaint from the state of California, many top male developers there, both current and former, have responded with shock and dismay. But, oh, Kev, also, can you uh, pull up this, the URL that I have here so we can look at the picture? Uh, sure. Thank you. This one here. Uh, while many claim that they weren't aware of the problematic frat boy culture leading to accusations of sexual harassment and assault at the hands of male Blizzard employees, comments and images shared on social media paint a different picture. Based on photographs and screenshots of Facebook posts obtained by Kotaku, it's clear that people beyond Alex... Uh, Af Afrasiabi, the man named in the lawsuit, and a longtime World of Warcraft developer were aware of the Cosby suite mentioned in the lawsuit. That was apparently a nickname for BlizzCon's 2013 hotel room and seemingly a reference to the name of previously convicted rapist Bill Cosby. He's also the only person outside of Blizzard President J. Allen Brack outright named in the lawsuit, a fact that's made it easy for many to try to distance themselves from his actions. 
Quote, during a company event, an annual convention called BlizzCon, uh, Afrasiabi would hit on female employees, telling him he wanted to marry them, attempting to kiss them, and putting his arms around them. This was in plain view of other male employees, including supervisors, who had to intervene and pull him off female employees. Afrasiabi was known was so known to engage in harassment of females that his suite was nicknamed the Cosby Suite after alleged rapist Bill Cosby. But the Cosby Suite was more than a nickname or a joke. Based on images and comments, Afrasiabi posted on his Facebook supplied to Kotaku by a former developer at Blizzard. It was reportedly a booze-filled meeting place where many, including him, would pose with an actual portrait of Bill Cosby while smiling, as you can see in that picture. It was also a hot spot for informal networking at BlizzCon, uh, where people looking to make inroads of the company would go to meet and hang out with some of its top designers. Afrasiabi did not respond to Kotaku by press time and has deleted most of his social media presence, but he can clearly be seen in a number of pictures surrounded by a variety of unidentified people on a bed and hotel room that was repeatedly referred to as the Cosby Suite in comments on these Facebook posts. The captions and comments are both written by and refer to by name other Blizzard employees. Uh, one ex-Blizzard source familiar with the people presented in the pictures identified an HR representative as one of the Blizzard employees in the hotel room picture. Another image from the same Facebook album shows a screenshot of a 2013 group that called the BlizzCon the, that was called the BlizzCon Cosby Crew. In it, former Blizz, uh, Blizzard designer David Kosak writes, "I'm gathering the hot chicks for the cause." Bring up, replies uh, Afrasiabi. "You can't marry all of them, Alex." Kosak replies, "I can. I'm Middle Eastern." Afrasiabi replies. Jesse McCree, currently a lead game designer at Blizzard, then writes, you misspelled fuck. This is all on Facebook. Yep. Possibly the greatest group chat in the history of mankind, Stockton wrote in a Facebook comment at the time based on the screenshot. Stockton and McCree did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Street and Kosak declined to comment. Uh, and there's an update uh, later, Greg Street has tweeted a brief statement in which he claims the Cosby Suite was a green room for taking breaks during BlizzCon and that he's embarrassed at the nickname of the room given all that we know now. By 2013, there were already multiple allegations of sexual assault against Cosby, even if a conviction, which was later overturned on a technicality, wouldn't come out until 2018. According to one source with knowledge of the hotel room, the Cosby Suite name was a play on the co comedian's iconic ugly sweaters and didn't have any sexual connotation, at least not when the joke began. Instead, they suggest the running joke was that the room in question looked dated like the sweater. Uh, Joshua Mosquiera, one of the ex-Blizzard developers pictured above in the Cosby Suite, wrote in a Medium post today that he was unaware of Cosby's history at the time. This goes on. There's way more uh, details, way more back and forth, and, and well, just a lot more horrible, horrible stuff. Janet? Yeah, I don't believe for a second that they didn't know what that joke was in reference to. I mean, I think the reality is, and, you know, it's a time for, like, all of us to, like, reflect on our own actions and the people we surround ourselves with, but... You know, it's not just the people that are and that's the thing, too. It's not just the, just the people that are in this picture. It's like the people that will laugh at the comments, the people that do think it's epic, the people that are excited about, you know, partying and drinking and going to what's essentially a work event with those things in mind. And kind of again, this is where like there's so many layers to this that seep through so many facets of the game industry. You know, if you're a woman in the industry, just the constant, you know, like sexualization of the the of the medium of the hobby of the career um like the weird just all of like the weirdness attached to it where it's like you can't just be a professional existing in the space there's like all this extra like connotations and underlying harassment and overt harassment 
And, you know, I think so often, too, people like now that you see this, you're like, wow, this is horrible. But like, it's been horrible forever. <laughs> like, that's all people keep telling, you know, everyone. And like, that's why, like, so many women coming out of here, whether the developers that are, you know, directly involved with like Activision Blizzard or used to be involved with them or were never involved with them and are just at other studios talking about this stuff and saying that, yeah, it's really disheartening, but it's not at all surprising. And so many people are like, wow, oh my God, is it bad out here? That's crazy. Like, is it crazy? Because so many, you know, I posted about this on Twitter, like we know statistically so many women who experience sexual harassment and sexual assault in their lifetime. And then of course that's, that also translates to the, you know, the games medium and game development. And yet we don't seem to know any like sexual harassers or rapists like, huh, those numbers don't add up like these are like these are, you know, quote unquote, regular men that like, oh, you I'm so shocked by like you're like, it's not it's not really that shocking, which is still, you know, depressing. And I think it's still important to like call this stuff out. And I'm I'm so glad this article was able to, I think, really um, add a additional human elements of the story because so many of us you know reading the document are you know we don't know like all of the details that are being referenced so i think stories like this are important because unfortunately it does sometimes take things to be that overt and that blatant for people to kind of you know get it through their heads and even in this right we have like people making excuses of oh like this was before this time maybe they didn't know come on come on and like, I don't believe that for a second. And if you believe it, it's because you want to believe it. And I think that says more about you than it does about the story. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's been a really difficult time. And I know, you know, in the chat, we have like the content warnings and all that. And obviously, it's important to stay informed and to speak out. But also, it's important to take care of yourself. I think especially if you are from, you know, a, a marginalized group, a, a group that's, you know, has experienced or is at risk of gender based violence, which is, you know, how I would categorize this. But it's a constant ebb and flow of like, you know, living and then and trying to like, you know, put out the stuff for like the Activision Blizzard walkout and show support and then like reading this article because you have to because it's important, but then being like disgusted and then going back and like, it's just it's been so much to take in. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the TLDR is, I'm, I'm really grateful that this story is out here and contextualized in that way. I, I'm disgusted by what's here. And I think I don't, I feel like we expect like growth to happen naturally over time. It's like, oh, well, in this era, things are different. Like, are they, though? Like, are they or do people just know to delete this kind of stuff now or to not say it publicly? Because I feel like these ideologies are very present still all the time everywhere. And we have so much evidence of that. But I think, you know, people try to downplay that fact or deny it or act like it's a uh, oh, it's it's just how it was in 2013. It's just how it was in 2008, how it was in 2015. Like, Y'all always got a reason for why it was, but why is it still messed up now would be my question for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you nailed it. I want to bring in, uh, uh, not a question, just a, a very beautifully written thing from Sapphire Diamond Ruby, who wrote into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, who said, hi, KFGD and Tim and Janet. I've listened and read a lot of discussions in the Kind of Funny community about what should, what should fans and consumers do about what's going on with Activision Blizzard. And I want to share my perspective on the topic. This is something that will never change overnight. There shouldn't be shock and surprise to the situation at all because as many women know, this has just been a, con a consistent of our reality, both outside and inside the gaming space. Whether you're a developer or just a gamer, there's a good chance you've experienced negativity of any type in the gaming space. From women to other marginalized groups, it's our reality. To those listening, I believe the following points are something to truly consider and contemplate. Things like this are actionable and can help change perspective and the communities of those around us to make the gaming space a safer place for women and those who aren't 
aren't treated equally. One, being an active participant in change, not a passive one. When someone around you is being unfairly talked down to, harassed, or in a situation that doesn't seem right, be actively participating in that conversation and take action to make the situation, situation right. Or make sure at minimum that the parties involved feel safe and comfortable in the situation they're in. Passively standing by or observing benefits no one but yourself in those moments. Otherwise, we fall into the cycle of the usual passive solidarity seen in the past, where no true actionable item, actionable change happens, even as fans of the space. Two, take a look at your own life experiences. Ask yourself questions about the behavior of those around you and even your own behavior to women or those, those marginalized in any situation that may have been feeling off, different, or just plain wrong and reflect on it. Don't be quick to anger or feel defensive. Just reflect and if needed, talk to someone about it. If there are things that you could have done better, hold yourself accountable for those past actions or inaction. Make a vow to yourself that you'll be better now and in the future. It's all anyone can ask of you now. I hope the above resonates and makes sense. I wrote the above because this community is something I truly care about and have met some wonderful folks from it. Thank you for reading this and listening. Uh, thank you for for writing it. And I hope that that lands with with a lot of you. You know, I, I do think that it, it it is hard to deal with all of this, like Janet was saying, and like sometimes it it, it feels helpless to be able to understand like your place in it all. But I think everyone's place is different. I think that you do just kind of need to sit with it and, and take it in and, and decide what that means to you. And um, as more of these things come out and you look at it and you just look back at your, your own life and question, has there been moments that you should have done something? Because you might think there wasn't, but I thought there wasn't. And I start thinking back and I start realizing a lot of things where I'm like, oh, fuck, you know? And that's good because that means I'm going to be better in the future. And I know that so many people watching now live or later can do that as well. And that's how change happens is people actively together all trying to be better. So this is just the seeds, unfortunately, but I, I do believe that it is building a foundation that is moving in the right direction. Um, but yeah. Next up, final story of the day. Uh, what a what a twist here. All right, what a sharp turn. New Halloween items added in latest Animal the Crossing. It's weird, right? It's like, <laughs> no, this like it'll be like really heavy stuff. And it's like, you know, you're going to be talking about unions and like fighting for workers and like capitalism and like sexism and racism and all stuff. And then it's like in Animal Crossing. Yeah. It's just a hard lot, but I'm, I'm ready for both. Let's hear it. Let's hear it here. So new Animal uh, Crossing Halloween items were added in an update. It was a surprise appearance. In a strange, this comes from Justin at AnimalCrossingWorld.com. In a strange turn of events, the latest summer 2021 update uh, for Animal Crossing New Horizons has introduced three brand new Halloween items for the first time. No new Halloween items were previously announced by Nintendo for the update, but uh, they're here anyways. So far, we've discovered three new Halloween-themed items in the Spooky Set, uh, the Spooky Treats Basket, Get the spooky tree and the spooky trick lamp. <laughs> All three I... new spooky items can be easily found for sale inside Nook's Cranny in the seasonal slot during October 2021. There's no time lock behind the items, so you're free to time travel right now if you want to get your own spooky treat basket, spooky tree, and spooky tri trick lamp. Janet, you stoked about this? Um, I actually am. And like, even though you prefaced it with like, okay, this can be a hard turn. I'm like, we got it. Like, once you read spooky treats basket, I just couldn't contain myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, 
as some I still play Animal Crossing uh, today. Like I stream it at, at least once a week. I'm still working on my island. It's almost done. And for the amount of hours I put into it, it doesn't look nearly as good as it probably should compared to the people that I know who like put hundreds of hours and they have like they live like in palaces um, in like elaborate gated communities. And I'm just like, oh, I put a I put a, you know, a, a carousel outside of like Pedro's house. And that's kind of the extent of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's great to have um, refreshes to these seasonal events because the seasonal events are fun but one of the most enjoyable parts is getting new items so it's like if you had already played it the previous year there's not really a big incentive to go back and you know this doesn't totally shock me because we did see new stuff with like the easter items um or like the the bunny day items because it's not easter um and they had like little you know the the little bunny the, i don't know what would you call it, like a shrub it's like a little you know, if you know you know it's like a little like bunny made out of leaves i forgot what the name for those things like a little green statue and stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. And, you know, this comes right off of uh, Nintendo mentioning, like, we have other updates, not just like the, you know, the July, 4th of July thing. So hopefully we could get like a regular nice cadence. I mean, I think supporting ongoing games is kind of newish for Nintendo. Obviously, there's plenty of examples of it. You know, I think Smash is a great example of it, but they haven't really gotten totally into the groove of it. And I think this is a new era for Animal Crossing, where I think Nintendo is missing an opportunity by more of a ongoing game proper in terms of updates um and again i love the game i'm still playing it but i remember like you know whenever people find out that i'm streaming it they'll say oh yeah like i haven't been on my island in like this many months um and one person's like oh yeah like should i go back have they added anything and i'm like no they haven't like go back anyway because it's fun like you know i don't really have a and i wish i had a better answer for that as someone that is a big fan um and certainly they're missing lots of uh, key things people have been asking about brewster for forever so any update is something you know we're in a content desert for animal crossing and i'll take any droplet that you will give me because i love my villager and these these dumb little animals so um yeah i'm here for it i'm i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait till october to get my spooky basket but i'm here for the spooky tree you know i'm getting chicory vibes from it i'm excited about it so we'll see if these end up looking cool janet brewster whatever the fuck that is sounds so far away if i wanted to know what was coming to mom and grab shops today where would i look You'd look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Good job. So out today, we got Sky Drift Infinity on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, Escape from Naraka on PC, Fuga, Melodies of Steel on everything, uh, Trigger Witch on Switch, Eldest Souls on everything, Paint the Town Red on everything, The Ascent on Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, and PC, Omno on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, Blaster Master 03 on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, B-Arc on Switch, Banners of Ruin, Christmas Tina, and Pizzle, uh, Pixel Puzzle and Watch Collection. Pixels, P-I-C-Z-L-E. That's kind of weird. The Long Gate and Cosmo Navates, Escape Reality, OS Omega, Infection Maze, all of those on Switch. Reptiles in Hunt on PC, Starbase on PC, and 
Bithel Games has today launched their latest VR title, Arcsmith, on Oculus Quest headsets. Very cool stuff. Go support the homie, Mike Bithel. Uh, new dates for you. Connect Tank to launch worldwide on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC on September 28th. And Behind the Frame is coming August 25th, 2021. Deals of the day for you. Prime Gaming is offering even more free titles for members beginning on August 2nd. This month's lineup brings a whole wide range of exciting games, including Battlefield 5, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, uh, Batman the Enemy Within, The Telltale series legal legends skins whole bunch of stuff you can go check out amazon for more details on that and now it is time to go to your wrong where you can write in and let us know what we got wrong as we screw it up in the show uh nanobiology says kina was first announced for 2020 not specified as a launch title uh to march and then delayed from march to august and now this delay so there has been a couple setbacks there um then we got Murph Dad saying Metacritic has the ascent at a 75. Let's see if that has changed. It has. It is currently, as of now, at a 75. I wonder what got it up there. You know what's funny? That uh, this is going to sound like such shades. I'm so got sorry it. if you're like offended by it, but I'm sure there are people who are like 64. I'm not going. I'm not going to play this. It's 75, but like it's the same game. Exactly. Exactly. It's hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, it was because of. You. IGN Italia uh, gave it an 85. That bumped it up a lot. Uh, and then Cog the Connected team. gave it a, a 93. So so there we go. Um, and then Murph Dad also says the final match in the Halo Infinite preview was Series X gameplay, not Xbox One X. Sorry, that was a slip of the tongue. Um, new date, Avengers War for Wakanda is coming August 17th. That comes from Nitro. And there you go. That is it. We are about to do the, the the core live stream I was talking to you about. You can check that out on twitch.tv slash core or stay here because we're hosting it on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Otherwise, we're about to do the Patreon exclusive post show. It's going to be me. It's going to be Janet. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Till next time. Love you all. Bye.